Hey, welcome everyone to the Dollars and Cents Podcast. This week we'll be tackling another tough topic, my child's education versus my retirement, which is more important. Today we have with us two parents, Rajabit, aka John, a very local financial blogger who's also expecting her first child. And our second guest is Timothy Ho, our managing editor of Dollars and Cents. Thanks, nice to be on the show again. Welcome guys. Hi, this is Dawn. Okay, so this week's discussion was obviously brought on for a reason, and, and this reason is the very viral NTC income advertisement, which an email just updated me it had over five million views. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So that that obviously means a lot of Singaporeans are intensively looking at this topic, right? The first thing that I'm going to ask is very obviously education, retirement, which is more important. We held a poll in the annual insurance discussion group and I was one of those who voted for our retirement as being more important than our kids' education. So I'm really putting myself out there to say that that's my stand. But having said that, it also depends on your definition of education, your definition of retirement. Exactly. Not everything is black and white, whether you choose one and you forego the other completely. I'll have to concur. So I actually had a blog post where I openly stated my stand as well that I am more for my retirement over my kids' education. And I did put a disclaimer that some parents might think that's a really selfish move, but there's actually a cost to if you do it the other way around. And that cost would actually be bigger than if you don't balance or prioritize your retirement over your kids' education. Okay, okay. so it seems that both of you are on the side of your prioritizing your retirement. Mm. So let's just look at what education really means. Because you kind of brought it up that some people may start questioning you, are you providing all that you can for your child? Obviously, we want to provide the best for our children and education is a big part of that. So what does education really entail and what aspect of it would you provide for? I think in terms of education, we have to look at what is necessary versus what would be add-ons or enrichment kind of classes and activities. Every parent is going to have a different say on this. Some parents, for instance, think that sending their kids for all of those super brain classes at a really young age is helpful. But, you know, some others would be like, it's a total waste of money because the kid doesn't even remember that. So I'll just put it very clear cut. I think my definition would be up until what is mandatory and necessary for them to go out there and then survive on their own. And I would personally define this up to JC or poly. And then anything after, which would be a degree, university and above, would be up to the kid's own decision. And the reason why I say that is because I think times have also changed a lot. Versus our parents' time where it's true that, you know, a degree opens up doors and it's usually a basic requirement for many employment and jobs out there. But I think times are changing. Who knows what the future will hold? In the future, the basic requirement then is going to be a master's or PhD. So we're all going to be chasing after all of those paper qualifications. That's a very interesting thought because a lot of us look at university degrees as kind of a step stone with the rest of our lives exactly. and if you want to do anything right maybe that's the one thing we don't want to crimp on you know so Tim what's your opinion are you of the same mindset I think it's very important to differentiate between basic or required education versus education that's more aspirational in nature so for example if as a parent you see your friends and sending their kids to music school, music classes, piano classes. Yeah, would you, that FOMO kind yeah, of would you have the aspiration that, hey, my kid needs to take piano classes as well? Okay. Well, the answer is no. Not every kid needs to learn piano to be a great employee, to have a great education. Some kids will have it. Some kids may grow up to be professionals in the music industry. Some of these kids may grow up to be adults being piano teachers. So there are some people who will need those lessons of which those lessons will provide that value. 
But you know, there are people who grew up perfectly well not having these other lessons. And I think for parents, it's very important to differentiate between what our kids need versus our aspirations for them. What about tuition then? I think that's a really debatable part yeah, because yeah. in the past, I remember during my time, when people in the class who would have tuition are those who are struggling with the subject. So basically, you fail mm-hmm, and then yeah. you go for tuition. But these days, the kids that I'm seeing, they're like, everyone has tuition. I was going to come to that because let's say you don't start your child out on the best footing. You know, everyone wants to provide the best, but what is the best again? Yeah. So let's say you don't provide the best. Okay? I, I'm doing a air quote here, the best. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> Having not have the best, then they move on to maybe the second best JC or the poly, and then the third best university after that, and then their career they start bleeding for not providing the best. So, how would you tackle such a situation? I think the first thing to note is that, and this is just based on what I believe was from the income studies, a lot of parents already prioritize their kids' education over their own retirement. I think, if I'm not wrong, I'm just looking at the stats 90% 90, yeah. of them yeah, would give up their retirement yeah. savings for their children's education and development over their own retirement so that is a danger that's a very risky financial decision to be making you know because you are essentially saying that I'm going to give up what's going to be important for the next 20-30 years of my life after I retire for my kids to have a slightly better chance of doing well in school we need to prioritize our need I'm not saying that education isn't important I think it's important to study hard I think it's important to work hard and to achieve the best you possibly can. But that being said, our parents, you know, as, as responsible adults, we need to be responsible to ourselves to be able to plan for our own retirement. I just want to share also that the interesting thing to note for all of you listeners out there, especially for those who might be hearing about this outside of Singapore, in Singapore, education is compulsory. So all kids in school would go through education whether or not their parents can afford it. So for those who may come from a background that requires a bit more financial aid, you know, there will be financial aid scholarships or bursary available. No kids in Singapore will be denied education because their parents can't afford it. On that same note, it's important to note that in Singapore, nobody's going to pay for your retirement plan as well. If parents are already spending money on something that their kids are already going to have, instead of planning for their own retirement, which is something that they have to do it for themselves, then I would say that they're not really putting their money into the best possible use. Because their own retirement pay, nobody's going to take care of them. Even CPF is based on your own contribution. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm going to come back to education in a while because I got several other discussion points. But I just want to bring up one more step from the NTUC research right, that you quoted. So in one of these articles, I'm reading that parents believe they needed to spend $3,314 monthly in their retirement. If you just look at what CPF life is going to pay out, if you just contribute up to the FRS and you go on the standard plan, uh, I'm not sure if everyone out there understands what these are, but you can easily find out Googling uh, on CPF. So if you go through this, you would expect to get about $2,820 as a couple. So a couple. the shortfall is only about four dollars to $500, but that's of course assuming you go FRS and standard plan. Mm. So if you, if you work a little bit harder and, and just save a little bit more, perhaps you can go on maybe a higher a higher plan. But where would they be missing out? Because CPF like kind of contributes towards their retirement need already. Do they need to put additional retirement savings in, when they're younger or should they just work towards what CPF life I think it depends, right? Because um, CPF life ultimately is a basic buffer. In most cases, I actually think 2.8 is more than enough mm. for a couple yeah. who is retired because you probably won't be spending that much unless you want a more aspirational lifestyle like to travel the world and stuff. Yeah, sure. But I think what we still need to consider is that if circumstances dictate such that your health 
is not doing well, mm-hmm. that's where CPF life alone is probably not going to be enough because the cost of healthcare is so expensive. And in situations where parents did not really plan in advance for this, whether in terms of self-insurance by building up their own cash savings or through getting insurance and getting covered against such financial risk, that is going to come down to someone. So the team earlier on when you said no one pays for retirement, that's not true, right? Because technically, and there's an expectation, and even as a child myself, I would expect myself to pay for my parents. Yeah, I mean, I guess my point was that what I was just trying to say is that as a ch- child in Singapore, you will not be denied basic education. And even if you go on to the tertiary level, the universities will have financial assistance scheme to ensure that no students are denied just because of financial difficulties. So what I'm saying is that education, to some extent, it will pay for itself, but your retirement will. And, and as responsible adults, we should plan for something that we need in the future, which will not take care of itself, which is sure. our retirement. Sure. But mm. as the studies quoted, you know, most parents are prioritizing their kids' education, which yeah. no matter what, your kids will get an education. It's just whether you have that expensive tuition or not. And you know, they teach music classes and they have remedials and enrichment classes in school as well, right? Okay. okay. I mean, that's a very, very good point that you guys are bringing up. I'm just going to nitpick on one point. How is your child ever going to realise his maybe dreams of becoming a musician, playing the cello in an orchestra? And how is your child going to explore these sides of their, their interests? They never get a chance to do it. I think for me, there are ways to do it without having to send them for special enrichment classes. Like, if my son likes to dance, to play music, to be a soccer player, aspires to be a national player for the team, mm-hmm. um, I will let him try it, probably through games and child activities rather than paying for the lessons per se. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to try out piano, for example. We can just bring him one of those free pianos out there, right? Yeah. And then teach him some of those simpler music scores yeah. and then see if that actually kicks him out. Or if I see that he's always watching and listening to music, then I would probably pick that up mm-hmm. and then send him to maybe like someone who knows how to play piano or at the most just one or two lessons just for him to try it out. So but what if, if it's want... his interest that he wants to develop, then that's the easy question really, right? Are you prioritizing education and then enrichment or your retirement then? Uh, I'll just step in here to say, I think it's a misconception to presume that you need to spend money in order to have your child pursue passions. Mm-hmm. I think all of us were young once and we can all relate to times where you know our parents didn't pay for some expensive classes but we had a lot of fun playing soccer, swimming, trying out a new sports, trying out a new instruments. I used to be a pretty good swimmer. I still am right now. But you know, I was never going to train to be a Joseph schooling level and I don't think my parents would have or could have afforded to send me to those private tuition or private training sessions. I'm not saying that those things don't help Joseph schooling. Uh, maybe you can ask him about <laughs> his, his, training, his training. But, but I'm just saying that not everyone is going to be a Joseph schooling, even if you give him you know, top-notch coaching lessons. Mm-hmm. And we cannot force our kids to take on our aspirations. But I get your point about if your kid really has a passion, or for example, Joseph schooling, a passion towards swimming. Yeah, what would Joseph schooling parents have thought, right? <laughs> I guess the first thing they should answer sure. that for themselves. Yeah, yeah. But I think they did spend some money sending him for overseas coaching. So I think I the other thing we also yeah. should consider is that like many children have short-lived passion. So no. we need to be able to differentiate between that and then like spending money trying to cultivate a short-lived passion is probably not going to give you much you in return anyway. The joy is also going to be very short-lived for the kids. So I'll use my own example. I mean, I've always loved dancing. 
I used to resent my parents for not sending me the ballet lessons. But, you know, I found my own way to still dance. I would dance according to, like, in my home. And then in the end, I joined dance CCA. So I think oh, yeah. if it's a more long-term passion, the, the child will find their own way to pursue it. Okay. We don't necessarily have to pay for I guess, yeah, we differentiate between your passion, you'll find a way to do it on a, on a lifestyle basis. But what if you're going to be a career, you know, like, I'll just pass a note by one of my other colleagues. So he asked, would Joseph Schooling be who he is today without his parents funding his passion? I mean, he's not his passion. Okay, that's a, that's a difficult question, but I'm just going to sidetrack it a bit. I think yeah. Don uh, made a great point about how our schools are equipped with many CCAs. Okay. So on both on the primary, secondary, or even the tertiary level, students or kids can pursue passions that they want in school CCAs for free with reasonably mm. good coaches. And if they are found to be able to perform at a higher level, you know, they can continue to join clubs and get access to better coaching or even national team level coaching. Okay. So your question was Who is this going to be who he is, right? <laughs> Hard to say. I mean I mean okay, let's just well, what do you think? What do you think? I think from in my perspective, yeah. I think most unlikely that he would, but I, wow. I I'm hopeful that he would go through the, the local route and, and somehow find his way in the end, maybe at a later mm. stage, you know, I'm hopeful. Yeah. So maybe in a separate alternate universe he wouldn't have won that Olympic goal so oh, early. Oh, wow. But <laughs> but he would still out. have won it in the yeah. end because I trust that eventually he would craft out his own route. No, okay, I'm not gonna deny that good coaching and I, I presume he has good coaching because it's obviously top of his level at his sports. I'm not going to deny that good coaching at a young age is going to help. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that good coaching sometimes costs money. Yes. I am not going to deny that, you know, there's a reason why a lot of the US Olympians in the top yes, sports college young, right? in the US do really well. And that's where uh, Joseph went. I think Joseph Schooling is a once in a, <laughs> in a generation type of talent. So uh, that same amount of coaching uh, given to someone else would not have materialized into yeah, a gold medal. Mm. But I cannot say that it would, didn't help him to its, in its own ways. And I'm sure okay. if it's on this we can conjecture all we want. But <laughs> I guess if, if you just don't spend on your kid, maybe you'll never find out. Maybe there are more Joseph students out there. But you, but you can't just keep giving every... You just can't keep paying a few hundred or thousands or thousands of dollars for everyone to have a trial when it comes to figuring out whether they can swim well or they can be the next... I mean, they're all Lots well, right, of yeah. what ifs, right? And there's yeah. no point hopping over what ifs that we can't afford yeah, as well. That's true also. Yeah. Especially if you can't afford. Uh, yeah, especially if you can't afford. Okay, yeah, I think I want to move away from like education, but one last education <laughs> What if you encounter like a FOMO related uh course like coding? Then you, you know if your child won't learn coding from a young age, you probably wouldn't get a job in the coding industry, which is gonna be super big maybe in the future. Would FOMO play a part? I don't think so. I think trends will change. Mm. I think coding might be the trend today. In the past generation, I mean, we have a great IT guy in the office and I don't think his parents sent him to any coding classes. He took it in, in the tertiary level, right, based on his own interests, so it worked out really well for him. We're not going to speculate if his parents <laughs> were Mark Zuckerberg, whether or not he, well, he would have started he would have been the, the next tech company. Mark Zuckerberg, but you, you can't give kids their own uh, way to choose what they want to be passionate about. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah. I think in terms of trends also, I would really concur on that because for me personally, the trend when I was young was the backers. Mm. My mom sent ah, me a backers okay. lesson then where is the backers today? Who even uses the backers? I guess, I guess it's math, right? The backers are associated with math and today you're doing budget-based I, I felt math. A lot to do with finance. <laughs> I, I didn't take a backers lesson. I, 
did friends who did it and I did really well in math, so I, I don't think it makes yeah, you think so like right. he yeah. didn't take it and he did well in math. Yeah. I actually failed math and my first A in math was at A level. Oh wow, that's so What a good time to get your first A. <laughs> not not the worst. I, I think it changes uh, This is coming from the perspective of a parent and just like a child as well. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important to encourage our kids to try things that they are passionate in. I think we should encourage them to pursue interests, areas of passions. And it's okay to have multiple interests because some interests is going to die off after a while. Some interests, you know, they might take it with them throughout their teens or even to their adults. And I think we should encourage them to do that. I think it's that's the difference between encouraging them to have interests and to be hardworking, mm. uh, to work towards those interests versus asking them to go for classes just because we think these might prepare them well for the future, whether it's a better classes or coding classes today. Sure. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to retirement. Since both of you already stated earlier in the show that that's the area you tend to prioritize over. So the 10% of the, the survey. <laughs> Although we didn't take the survey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you guys are the, the 10%. You want to prioritize your retirement savings? How would you go about doing it? I think we need to plan financially for all the things we want in our life. So, for example, if we have a kid and we also want to plan for our retirement, we need to allocate funds to both our retirement plans as well as our kids' education. So, I, I'll just address on the retirement plan. Yeah. Uh, for start, you know, some people think it's very difficult to plan towards your retirement, but you don't need to be a finance expert to top up your CPF special account. There's this one M65 initiative by Mr. Lu Chen Chuan and that's an individual who could have invested elsewhere but decided that the first thing he should do is to top up his CDF special account to mm. build a retirement portfolio for himself and his wife. And he made those choices. His kids are also doing quite well and they're making also very good personal finance choices for themselves. So our, our kids will also learn from us. I think I stated in one articles I wrote that financial literacy is one of the most important things that we need to teach our children. I think a lot of parents... May, may neglect that to some extent and I think no amount of wealth is going to be enough if individual is not able to manage his money so I think from a young age it's good to teach your kids about financial planning it's good to get them to set aside things for their interests so your kids can save money for his interests or his passion just like we need to prioritize our needs and our wants I would raise a few tenets that I think are key to planning one's retirement. Yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, CPF is a really great tool. If you know how to really utilize it, you are going to benefit greatly from it. Of course, the trade-off is liquidity. So that's something sure. that people struggle with. But you just have to choose between one or the other, right? There's yeah. no, you can't have a pain in it too. I the other thing I would also prioritize and I'm a huge advocate of is insurance. Mm -hmm. I believe that insurance to me is basically outsourcing your biggest financial risk that you cannot afford to take on yourself to someone else. So for people who are rich or who have lots of bad cash, you could always do the I don't want to get insured, I don't want my the insurance company to earn my money, yeah. so I will self-insure. Sure. But it's always the question of will your self-insurance be sufficient when something happens? So to me, I try not to take those kind of risks as much as I can. One way of planning for my retirement and my husband is that we have actually built up our own insurance portfolio to make sure that our kid does not have to bear anything like too substantial if something were to happen. Right. So I think okay. that's part of very important financial planning. So actually asking people out there to, to look at their insurance protection gaps yeah. and, and try to fill them in, be like in health, in life insurance. For sure, for okay. sure. And and yeah, there are many insurance gaps out there, I guess. Correct. To look at your, your own lifestyle also. La. And of course, one's preference, one's affordability. And mm -hmm. I think the important thing is to do it when you're still young and or healthy. Yes. Because the thing that my parents didn't do is that my dad, for example, doesn't really qualify for any insurance now. Okay. And that's a huge worry for me because it's like, 
I have to make sure our emergency funds are sufficient enough just in case something happens. Yeah, okay. Your dad didn't buy insurance when he was younger. So some like a decision that he made way back like one or two decades ago is impacting you today. Yes, and that's in the same way we should think about like our decisions today, whether in education or, or in retirement planning will impact our kids in, in like one or two decades. Yeah, I think that's a great point you made. So one of the things that people don't realize is that your secure retirement or our secure retirement isn't just for ourselves, it's also for our kids in the future. Mm-hmm. So if you and your spouse have a secure retirement, that means that you know, your adult children, when they grow up, will not need to worry about you financially. And that will help them as they start their own family, as they start their own career. We have no sight on whether the cost of living is going to be even more expensive then. So by taking care of our own retirement, you know, that's something that will benefit them as well. I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing which is we shouldn't be too harsh to our parents as well because a lot of times uh, they grew up in a generation where Singapore generally just have less. And it's easy for us to say that hey, you know, my parents could have planned for their retirement, my parents could have bought more insurance policies. But 30 years ago, I, I don't think insurance policies were going to be that yeah. accessible. I don't think you have as much yeah. products available right. as, as we now have compared to, to the past. So mm-hmm. I do know that you know they do have savings account, they, there was the SGX, but I yeah. don't think there were a lot of choices when it comes to investing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there were like global advisors, there were not there were no ETFs then. Mm-hmm. So um, our parents could only make the best choices given you know how much money they had back then, which was a lot less. And information. Information and choices and options of mm-hmm. example. So but back to us, you know. Today's context, this is no longer an excuse. If you want to invest, you know, there's so many ways you can invest. If you want to buy insurance, there's so many different ways you can buy, whether it's through direct uh, purchase insurance or through an agent. If you want to plan for retirement and you don't know how to invest, we can just top up our CPF account. So these are things that uh, Singaporeans really need to consider. I guess so bringing it back to the NTUC yeah. video that went viral, I guess that yeah. was the message, right? Because I mean, the title itself, the worst parents in the world, and they're shocked when you open the video, like, how the guru is actually saying that at his wedding speech, and everyone had this <gasps> look on their faces. Yeah, yeah. But I think the key thing is, as the guru grew up, mm-hmm. he also realized that what he used to think, his parents being the worst when he compared with his peers, yeah. that conception changed. Mm-hmm. That perspective changed, and now that he's older and wiser, he looks back and he realized, actually, his parents were the best. They yeah. gave him things that were worth a lot more than mm. what he could understand as a kid. Sure. And because of their planning and wise choices, and I really like that line where he said, had you given me everything I wanted back then, I wouldn't have everything I have now. Because mm. what he wanted also changed over time. Yeah. So I think as parents, we need to balance that. Our kids may, you know, for one season in their life, they want to be a Joseph Schooling, another yeah. one, they want to be a, the next Singapore Ballet National Dancer, or so on and so forth. But we need to strike a good balance. At the end of the day, by planning and prioritizing our retirement, we're actually giving them that gift where later on in their life they are free to be able to walk their own path without having to worry too much about us. Yeah, I think that's a, a nice way to wrap up. Parents out there, you might want to show that advertisement to your children. Um, uh, I'll leave you guys with the last statistic. Um, 80% of youth that were surveyed in the research agreed that their parents should prioritise their own retirement savings over their tuition and enrichment fees. So, exactly like what you say, what we wanted maybe when we were kids, we want it when we understand more about our financial situation. Or perhaps the kids just don't want to go for so much enrichment stuff. Alright right, guys, thanks for joining us and I will see you again next time. Thanks. Thanks for having us.